And a good Friday morning to you, and welcome into Darren, Donick, and Chase here on ESPN 1025 The Game. Hope everybody's having a good start to your day. Max Hers behind the glass. He's waving. Wow, he pulled a Josh Upton move there. Just waved. Just no, the wave. No words. Hi, Max. From Max. See, now he gets a little taste of our world. See, last night he got to dabble in our world, and so he realizes what a what a home day is like. Yeah. A home Preds day. As long Max, day. you know, left the arena at about ten thirty last night, which is still earlier than us, and realizes, huh, you know. Darren McFarland is a trooper. That's all well, I'm going to say. Not just me. Three not hours me. of this show on a bum knee, first day back from surgery. But on good meds. On, on good meds. <laughs> then pregame, two period breaks, postgame. I want what your, a performance. I want your guys' honest opinion. Okay, I'm going to let everybody in behind the curtain. And tell me if this was bad or not. If I should have done this or not done this. I'm friends with... With my orthopedic surgeon, I've known him for many, many years, well over a decade. We're very close. I did reach out to him this morning and ask for just one one refill. And I said, look, I'm not going to become a junkie or addicted. <laughs> I just I want to push this, but I want to know that I've got a, a safe barrier, you know, for pushing this. Was that is that a bad idea? Or should I just stick to the original prescription and should I have not reached out and asked for more? Does it make me look bad that I'm asking for more drugs? Already? Yeah. It, does it make you look bad or does it make you look well, weak? Well, bro, yeah, both, I guess. Well, okay. I, mean, I guess know, depends on how I go you... back to Tim Hasselbeck on Wednesday. What's his pain threshold? Yeah, well, That's what he was saying. But well, every, everybody knew the answer to that going into I, it. it was. So, yeah. I, think I mean, call- I'd be the same way. I'd be like, can we just kind of get an IV? Like- <laughs> Chase told me he called me a marshmallow. He did. He said if you weren't there Thursday, you were softer than a marshmallow. So was that bad? Should I have just stuck with the original? So have you – it's not because you've already used There's, your allotment. Well, I've no, but it's, it's getting dangerously close to being done. Hmm. So I rifled through them pretty good. Yeah. No, it's not bad. It's just it does show your pain threshold is 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 pretty well. But that's what we already knew, right? Yeah. So it's you guys really aren't answers. So you're kind of telling me, yeah, that's kind of weak. I, you know, hey, listen, it's not it's not something to mess around with too much, man. In all seriousness, you what, don't what wanna, do you mean? No, I understand. People go down this I road, know, but I'm not going. That's not well, going to happen. I, I to me. think everybody says that, right? No, so it's we're going to watch you closely now. <laughs> Are you saying I'm going to get tested? It, at some point, no. I'm yeah. saying Down in a few months, if you're, you know, right. if, you, if you've got a little extra, you know, shake in your bag, like you can hear pills like and popping then, around. And I'm shaking. We're yeah. Be like, like, yeah. Hey, like well, a, let's rush to the break so yeah. I can get in my bag. We, we might have, have to it. do an on-air intervention. Yeah. <laughs> Darren, Darren, listen, we got to talk. We got to. No, Ma- you have to go Max, now. We have, you have to go now. We have Max standing there reading the letter. Dear Darren, <laughs> I've worked with you for three months. You need help. Yeah. I suspected this a make, while back. Should not make light of that. No, but. we shouldn't. Because it it yeah. it's real. and That's not going to happen to me. But I just wanted to know what you guys thought. If yeah, that, just be careful. If that's that makes all me. We're no, I'm not worried about that. I'm saying, does that make me weak? Is that, yes. is that pathetic? Yes. <laughs> if Hal Gill is listening to this, you know who's going. <laughs> 
Jeez. We've oh my we've gosh. already we've heard from Nick Kale. <laughs> I mean, Hal already said it last night. He's like, you're working, so get over it, man. Right. And I was like, oh, that's the player mentality, right? If you're playing, nobody wants to hear about it. I got Hal, it. Hal was in – I've noticed when Hal knows he's going on a fun road trip, Hal is a, a little as frisky, as you like to yes, say. Yes, he gets a little frisky. He, he, he was that frisky. way last night. He's been that way for four days looking for this first road trip. <laughs> yeah. I it, told Chase it last night. messages about the road trip like Monday. Like, <laughs> how? We still have like two home games to work. Yeah, no, he's – He's he's worried about the trip, the road trip. <laughs> I said to Chase last night, I said, I think we goofed up. I think we should have taken the show on the road for this road trip. We should have joined you guys. I agree. This would have been a really good road trip. Because I've never been to L.A. And then two days in Vegas, we know that's trouble. Enough said. I've never been to, to Phoenix or Glendale. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, th- this would have been a good We kind of goofed. We should we have did. been on this with you guys. We did. Willie, can you make that happen in like three hours? Can you get us on the plane? Well, I don't think. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen now. You got to like pack and stuff. Yeah, we'll figure that out when we get there. <laughs> we can go buy stuff, right? Yeah, there you go. Okay. You can win money in, in Vegas and exactly. you know, buy whatever Ooh. you need. Ooh, now exactly. we're thinking. You could. Because that works. Hey, a sports book. You that, got to go it for the first it's time. It's there. Are you going to the sports book? No. no. He, it was a one time deal. Well, I forced him. Oh. It was kind of like a few good men. You got bullied into that sports book. Is it? Cause Where did I go? I didn't even go. Really? I thought I you did. You, I you watched you the national list. championship game there, didn't you? No. I thought you and Mace did that. No. So you didn't even go? No. Oh my gosh! You know what we? You know what we need to do? We need to come up with a future bet and all, all pitch in on it and have Willie go put that in when he's in Vegas and do a show future well, we've bet. Got three hours to. To figure that out. I think that would be funny. Okay, we'll talk. Let's do that. Let's do something where he can go place it for us on this trip. Okay. I think that would be good. All right. And we got baseball playoffs. We got we got big stuff. If that that blues fan can do it, what what kind of odds we got on the Preds with the Stanley Cup? What we got? I'm looking right now. Look it up. We'll be in Vegas for the uh, NFL Sunday. I'm all kinds of fun could be had there. Yeah. Right? Okay, we'll figure okay, that out. Okay, odds to uh, this is predators yeah. to win the cup, and we'll be like the Blues fan. Ooh. We'll see if we start getting offers midway through the season. What I'm showing to on buy Vegas, out our ticket on Vegas Insider right now, I'm showing sixteen to one. Oh, sixteen to one. Yeah, that's a it's pretty good little odds. Yeah. You can make some cash off that. We'll figure it out. Speaking of last night, how much fun was last night? Wow. As I joked with Roman Yossi, who was our post-game guest, just a, you know, a whole hum crowd Thursday night, work night, school night, you know, just kind of quiet in the building Thursday night, weeknight game. And as Roman said, there are no weeknight games at Bridgestone Arena. And it was a great line. The place got a kick out of that. Uh, that was a fun, fun hockey game. Obviously, it's a lot more fun when you come back and win, but wow, was that a great atmosphere on a Thursday night in October. Doesn't get any better than that. Man, I, it's hard to find the words because if you didn't see it, I, I don't know that you could really get a good feel for it. For a, the fourth game of the year, that was amazing. Four different comebacks. Mm-hmm. Never led until they took the lead with, what, five, six minutes to go when Ekholm scored. Twice in the third period, they scored on consecutive shots against the Vezina Trophy winning goalie. 
And yet that it took every bit of that to win the game because the Capitals had their moments on the other side. The superstar players playing at a high level, Ovechkin doing his thing, Oshie scores. Uh, I it was knew, awesome. I knew of it when we were talking yesterday, and it's like hey, he only has one goal. I bought. Oh, I I we're joking around. I knew we were, we were doomed. I, and and I I thought of you guys right away when Ovechkin scored. I was like, I told you guys, he's slumping. I yeah. told you, what's wrong with him? He's in a yeah. slump. Yeah, he's never scored on Pekka. Everybody was saying he's never scored on Pekka. He's never. Scored. That is a pretty amazing stat, though. And then the other part yeah. of it was Capitals all for the last eleven on yeah. the power play. Like, okay, the, it's the situation is ripe. Situation is ripe. Watch out. They were two for sixteen on the year. Yeah, on the power play. Now they're four for twenty. Just think about how they have had more man advantage opportunities than anybody else in the league, and it's, it's really what not they even do. close. It's what they do. Think about how many special team goals were scored last night. Yeah. What four? Yeah, three power plays and, and a shorty. shorty. Yep. The Preds score, you know, on the power play. I laughed, though, when, when we played Peter Laviolette during the postgame show. And Adam Vingan says, does your heart rate increase in a game like that? And Peter Laviolette says, oh, it was awesome. Like, ah, I don't believe you. I don't think you were really thinking that. Mm. <laughs> and and I, I think uh, Yossi said, said on the postgame show of, well, you know, it was fun, but I'm sure the coaches didn't like it. Yeah. Yeah. Look. Well, there's some defensive breakdowns. Sure. Have there been? Were there a lot of turnovers in the game? Yeah. Yeah. For both teams, right, really. Right. Right. And that's really what hockey is in a lot of ways. Is It's a series of mistakes that you're trying to force from the other team. You're trying to avoid unforced errors. And I think that's what the Predators will take out of it is if you could just cut down on a couple of self-inflicted wounds – you know, just guys falling down. Fabro lost his balance on the mm-hmm. one and just first goal. it started the whole scramble. Benino thought Ryan Ellis was right there, and it was a Capitals guy. He ended up yeah. starting the, yep. the two-on-one back the other way. Just stuff like that. If you could just cut down on those. That was the shorty, right? That was the shorthanded yeah. goal, yeah. Dante Fabro had a rookie game last night. Yeah. But you knew that was going to happen eventually. It's his he, 14th game in right. the league. But he you know wasn't going to be perfect. You know what I thought was, was good was – the first period in particular, he was he was having some some trouble, the the kind of errors that everybody could see, but he hung in there. He was still in there at the end of the game, you know, playing the big minutes and you know overcame it. I thought just to get through the game and not have a you know have it snowball and turn into other stuff was good. I asked Roman Part last night. I know it's just four games, but how long do you think it'll take before Matt Duchesne gets comfortable and learns the system and gets comfortable in the room? <laughs> Wow. I loved his answer too. Like, yeah, he's got to get after it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how ridiculous has he been? Eight points in four games, seven assists, which, oh, by the way, leads the NHL and his first goal. That line, ridiculous. Well, I'll go one step further. Forsberg already with four goals. First time that's ever been done. Four goals to start the season by a Predator. The record was three, Steve Sullivan. But Forsberg. Duchesne, Granlin, and then you throw Yossi and Ellis on the ice. Yeah. When those five are out there, especially Yossi and Duchesne, the way they change directions and accelerate, the way they can skate, that is a lethal group of five out there. It was fun. They were, there was one stage during the second period where they didn't score, and I was wondering how in the world the, the Capitals had to say, how did, how did they not score? How did we keep them off, off the board there? And it was interesting because it turned right after that, the shorthanded goal, started to 
going back into the Capitals' direction. Well, but, by the way, how many Kyle Turris rebounds were there last night that he could have? He had some great oh, chances. Holy cow. He had some great chances. What did you think of that line? Well, they weren't as good as the other lines, but that's not anything bad because the other lines were all like, good. I but felt I, like Craig Smith had a little more jump just because he was in his natural position. Wasn't playing the off wing. Well, they had they had their their looks. I mean, Kyle yeah. Turris, like you said, he, they had he had two or three chances right in tight. So you like what you're seeing there? Yeah, I agree. A lot and to then, like. And then Ryan Johansson. <laughs> I mean, he he you know, has a big night, and that was that was huge. And then he was you know himself after the game, having fun. Mm-hmm. So well, and Yarn Croak, the move to yeah. put him in there, he he did a great job. A couple of great passes. He did. Mike on Twitter says, on August 27th, I had shoulder surgery, tore my rotator tendon completely in half. Two anchors put in the bone and repaired. They gave me 20 Lortab tablets, no refills. Good luck. I guess that was hashtag you're a wimp. (laughs) I get it. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for the tweet, Mike. He's basically saying, you know, suck it up. Yeah, Uh, suck it up, buttercup. That's what he should have been. Hashtag suck it up, buttercup. Gregory Anderson on Twitter says, "Dmac needing pain meds or someone spilled his milkshake in a gif of The Rock saying, don't cry, don't cry. <laughs> well, we were wondering, did anybody deliver a milkshake? I know you left. It was an outpatient thing. Mm-hmm. You didn't stay in the hospital long after. but No, I got the heck out of there. Pete Weber said, in lieu of flowers. <laughs> that would have been milkshakes. nice. Oh, that would have been fantastic. <laughs> send milkshakes to Darren. Oh. The- he, look, he, was, he had the right message. I just wasn't around long enough to get him. All right, we'll come back. Jeff Brothers. Man, we haven't talked to Jeff Brothers in a while. Alan Bell will join us in studio for the second hour. You just made the list. Pick six. Richard Deitch. We got all kinds of stuff to deliver today here on Darren, Donick, and Chase. ESPN 1025 The Game. Back here on Darren, Donick, and Chase. ESPN 1025 The Game to date ourselves. Willie, our next guest used to tell us about this eighth grader that he had. And it was like, Coach Brothers, we, an eighth grader? Really? No, you don't understand how good he is. Well, no, we don't. But really, you're talking to us about an eighth grader? That eighth grader yeah, was on see, display last night and had over 100 yards receiving. Yeah, but Jeff touchdown. is laughing right now because he and I go further back than that. Of course, he and I were same class uh-huh. at Vanderbilt U. Yes. As Jeff was balling out there on the football Gridiron. Yeah. See, we go further back. What were back. you doing? We're way well, back. When he was balling. Watching. What were you doing? Watching, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, how the heck are you? Uh, I'm doing well, guys. I, I appreciate you having me on, and I hope you're doing well. And I'll tell you this. Before there was Golden Tate, there was Willie Donick. That's right. Go ahead and get that out. Oh, he paid you <laughs> to say there, that, Jeff. Jeff. You know he it. paid you to say that. You must be buying hey, your lunch. I want to be the first to get the bid in. I'll give you 20 bucks for your pres to win the cup ticket. So I'm the first one in. Just make oh, a note of that. All right. Oh, we'll, so nice. we'll, start, we'll start collecting on this little ticket that we're going to do in Vegas. <laughs> Jeff Brothers, uh, head coach at Nashville Christian, in all seriousness, when you were at JP2, we, you did. You used to tell us about Golden Tate in eighth grade. I mean, I'll never forget it. And obviously he lived up to the billing and then some, made his return back, uh, was suspended the first four games, and looked good last night. Uh I guess you don't have another Golden Tate on this team, do you? Well, I, I would certainly welcome one, but uh, those guys are, are, you know, obviously few and far between, and so, such a great talent and so fun to watch him 
you know, continue to do what, what we all knew he could do so long ago. But more than that, just a great man at this point and just, you know, a great father, a great husband, a great contributor to the community. You know, he went through an unfortunate thing at the beginning of the season, which was, um, you know, not uh, – not something that was comfortable for him, but, you know, we stayed in touch throughout that. And, and I knew that when he came back, he was going to be, you know, primed and ready to, to make an impact and, and certainly continues to do that. And nothing but the best for that guy, for sure. What's funny, guys, is my junior year when I was at FRA, we did we scrimmaged uh, JP2 when Coach Brothers was there and Golden Tate was, was in school. And the coaches told me, because I was the manager, like, hey, need you to do a scouting report on number, whatever number he was at the time. I'm 23. Like, yeah, 23. yeah, 23. And I'm like, okay, sure. And first couple plays, I just turn around and go, yeah, good luck. He's pretty good. <laughs> He's really good. Yeah, here's my scouting report. He's really good. Get him the ball. That's right. Yeah, get him the ball. Um, you've been at this for a long time. How much has this area changed high school football-wise over oh, the years? Tremendously. Um, tremendously. I, I think bringing uh, the Titans in, you know, just brought a, you know, just the professionalism of football, of coaching – you know, the way that uh, the the SEC has now, you know, been broadcast, you know, and, and college football, you know, television stuff. And, and it, I think this area has become really sought after in terms of, of uh, you know, high school kids going to college and then even for NFL players who are looking for a place to play. I mean, it's just a great area for, for professional sports of all kinds. And certainly football is one of those, and high school has benefited from that just in the training and the preparation and the coaching of these guys and and their work ethic and their desire to continue on, you know, has produced some quality talent. And um, it's a lot of fun to coach right now at all levels in the Nashville area. Well, tell us what it's like being at Nashville Christian. Here's your chance to to pump up your school and tell us a little bit about the program. Yeah, there you go. I I mean, Nashville Christian is just such a a sweet place to to have your family. I mean, this is a kind of a throwback kind of situation. I, I went to a local school here, you know, going up to high school at Brentwood Academy, and this reminds me of what that felt like back in the 80s uh, to date myself. And, you know, this is still, uh, you know, our mission and vision is to be Christian, authentic, and dynamic, and I think we're making every effort to do that. Um, they do keep score, you know, so we're trying to be successful on the scoreboard, but more <laughs> importantly than that, you know, we're trying to prepare all these boys and girls for what life's like, you know, beyond National Christian School, and we've got to super administration we've got great support from our families and you know we're in a nice spot right here in west nashville that's growing and uh you know we're benefiting from some of that as well and starting the capital campaign to expand our facilities and continue to grow our programs and and uh, hopefully put out a, a great product and uh, something that, that these guys will all remember for a lifetime well one of the guys that uh, has come through your program jeff we had a chance to talk to at sec media days and i, I know after talking to him and just being around some of the people that were with him that day, how highly everybody thinks of him over on the Tennessee campus. But Daniel Batuli is such an interesting guy with, with an interesting background yep. and representing sure. your school very well. Yeah, Daniel's another one of those you know rare guys that comes along. You know, you'd say once in a lifetime, but I've been blessed that we've had you know a few in, in my coaching career. It just means I've been doing it a long time, I guess. But uh, what a great story! You know, having been a refugee from uh, you know the strife that was going on in Congo at the time when he was young, and you know, just kind of got relocated, uh, you know, to Bellevue, Tennessee, and then uh, looking for a Christian school, and, and Nashville Christian winds up being the place, and um, it certainly turned out to be a like you said, a quality representative of his family and of his faith, and. And from the National Christian and the University of Tennessee, um, playing well. Hope those guys kind of get the season going in the right direction starting this weekend. And, you know, we had a couple of guys at Media Days. We had Alex Givens as well, who's the right tackle down at Ole Miss and, and a, a senior this year and, and looking for 
um, you know, a great ending to his college career and hopefully the beginning of a professional career as well. And, you know, both those guys have great stories. You know, Alex came to National Christian at a very young age and was working through some uh, some learning difficulties, and, and our programs helped him do that and, you know, went on to college and has, has flourished, uh, to say the least, uh, athletically and academically. And just proud of what those guys are and what they're becoming and, and how they represent uh, not just National Christian but their, their family and their faith as well. We we uh, have had this discussion a lot, you know, in this day and age where uh, when you coach at a smaller school like Nashville Christian, the, football is a game of numbers. you got to have a lot of guys. And I know there's a lot of schools where you really have to work hard to get enough guys to come out there. Uh, so right. what, what's it been like for you to try to get the numbers that you need and have all those guys uh, have the kind of experience you're looking for? Well, it's been a lot of fun. I, in my career, you know, looking back, I guess, I've been at places in sort of the growing stages Um you know, we started at Brentwood Academy with my alma mater, but then went to Christ Presbyterian when it was a very young program and um, was able to work with David Pack and build that thing up, and then went to Pope John Paul when it was still a pile of dirt out there in Hendersonville and you know, was able to see that thing come to life and, and you know, uh, grow the program there. And then at National Christian now in my 10th year um, was sort of a restart for that program, and so it's been fun to, to watch that grow. My first year, I think we had 27 bodies. Uh, at National Christian dressed out, and um, you know that now it's not more than that, a whole lot more. We're at 42 or 43 now, and just finding guys and, and helping them find a role on the team, you know, where they can contribute and help us be successful. We have been blessed with some very, very talented players, but we also have to make it, you know, make it work with guys who, uh, you know, have to be patient and grow and get in the weight room and learn their craft and and uh, give their best effort. And you know, it takes takes everybody to win a football game, and and when you have smaller numbers, it, it definitely takes all contributors. Um, and, and we've been blessed. We've had some good players and we've had a lot of guys that really just buy in and work hard and believe in the system and trust that process and what it's going to look like, uh, you know, in the end. And um, I think we've won, I don't know, 90 something games in 10 years. And so it's, uh, it's been successful and we're, we're having a great time doing it. Jeff brothers is with us, head coach at Nashville Christian and, and just building off that uh, Jeff is, you know, the game has changed so much in the last 10 years. Since you've been at Nashville, Christian, we've learned more about concussions and, and yep. different injuries and the effects that they can have long-term. So how have you taken that information and then adapted your coaching style as you as you learn more about what football can do to, to somebody's body? Yeah, it's it's no different from you know teaching uh, and education. You, know, you look for best practices, what's working, you know, what the research shows. And, uh, you know, we adapt that to our, our practice schedule and our, our, you know, teaching of contact and how we tackle. We do a lot of tackling drills where we teach the proper techniques to stay safe. Um, you know, a lot of things now where it used to be kind of just banging heads with other bodies. Now we do a lot of stuff with dummies and, you know, tackling rings and things like that, sleds and stuff. Um, and just really, you know, putting an emphasis on, you know, being safe and not just the contact part of it, but also the conditioning part of it, the heat related situations uh you know we don't do the classic two days or even three days like we did when i was growing up um you know we really monitor uh, their hydration i mean there's all kinds of science behind this and uh to be able to do that and for football to still hold the position it does in our society and still be you know arguably the most celebrated game that we have in our culture uh you know i think speaks to number one the coaches and the kids that are playing it and also to the the researchers and the doctors and all that that are helping keep it you know safe and so they can continue uh, and be the game that it is. We've seen you know as you were talking about earlier with your team with Daniel Batuli, Alex Givens, you know playing in the SEC D one football 
we've seen a, an influx of players from Middle Tennessee, you know, go to the next level. And, I, and I'm curious as a as a high school coach how you how you manage that because you know, 18, 17 year old kids, you know, getting these offers and getting visits. I mean, that can get get your head a little bit. So, how do you manage it as their head coach and, and kind of a father figure? Well, it's becoming increasingly difficult, I'll say, and I think social media has uh, brought that on. Um, you know, we have guys, yeah, we have Daniel and Alex, you know, in the SEC. We've got Brand over at North Carolina, uh, you know, in the ACC. And we've got guys kind of scattered all over at every level playing football. And what we try to tell them is, you know, football is football. And it's still 11 on 11 and it's still played the same way. And whatever level you have the opportunity to compete uh, in is going to be special if you decide it's going to be special. And so while everybody has the dreams and the, and the hopes of being, you know, at school, you know, X and whatever conference, then sometimes that, that works itself out. And uh, I, I tell people all the time that I've, I've been coaching 26 years and I have never given out a college scholarship ever. And I can't promise that anybody will get one. But what we do is just give out the information. Uh, we coach them the best we can on the field. We love them as hard as we can on and off the field. And we just kind of prepare them for the path uh, that's going to be developed, you know, in time. Um, you know, I think one of the greatest things I heard was Colt McCoy's dad, uh, was speaking at a, I think an FCA conference down in Texas, and he said, and somebody asked him, you know, what's the best thing you did to prepare Colt uh, for, you know, what was to become a Heisman Trophy race, and you know, that's certainly the NFL and the University of Texas. And he said, you know, one of the things I try to tell everybody is not to prepare the path for your son, but to prepare your son for the path. And I think that's what we're trying to do with these guys is not try to map out what it's going to look like, but just give them the tools and the uh, and the spiritual foundation that they can handle whatever situation comes up, and if that presents an opportunity to continue playing, that's great. And if it doesn't, then look at the experience you've had and the relationships you've made and, and the lifetime of memories that, that you can enjoy. What can you tell us about Jody Brothers? One of the best athletes that nobody knows about. Really? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, uh, we competed hard growing up. I mean, he's 13 months older than I am. So I don't know some people call that Irish twins or something like that maybe, but was my best friend growing up, was my chief competitor growing up, uh, you know, out in the backyard and even on the same teams and, there's no better, more loyal supporter of, uh, of Jeff Brothers than Jody Brothers. And he even helps me now on Friday nights up in the booth. And, um, you know, couldn't be happier that we're still together and doing this, gosh, since we were born. So uh, to be 48 and 49 years old and still be playing football together uh, is quite special. Well, in all seriousness, we have not seen or heard from him in a while. And so I hope you can uh, pass along a hello from us. I'll definitely do that. I'll see him here in a couple hours as we head down to uh, Somerville, Tennessee to play Fayette Academy. Awesome. Hey, good luck tonight. Thanks for doing this, and uh, we'll talk to you down the road. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate what you do. Have a good day. All right, you do the same. Jeff Brothers, who is the head coach, Nashville Christian, they play... Fayette Academy. Fayette Academy tonight. Down in Somerville, it's a conference game for them, and it's crazy to see just how that program has changed since he got there. Because when when I was in high school, Nashville Christian and FRA were in the same division, I guess is what they called it at the time. And that was always one of those, that's a W. I mean, it's like that that was the, you put the, the young kids in and the freshmen and all that, and now they are just one of the best in the state. In all seriousness, his brother was one of the, Jody was one of the first people I ever met in Nashville. Really? In 1998, yep. Me and him spent a lot of lunches at the, um, oh gosh, I'm drawing blanks, the, the pizza buffet in uh, Nashville. What was the, the one everybody... Oh, come on. Mr. Gaddy's? Mr. Gaddy's, thank you. Gosh. That would have, I would have <laughs> beat myself up. 
Now I did Jody not come into work today. Many lunches thinking that we were going to talk about Mr. Gaddy's. <laughs> Where do they? They're gone, right? All of them are gone. I think they're gone. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. Back in the day, people. Mr. Gaddy's was the place. The college students, they, oh. they were like, "Hey, man, that's the deal. All you can eat." Let me tell you something. They knew I'm both in. of us by name. <laughs> we, they didn't have to. Add, they just they had our order ready. We were doing the buffet and a drink, and you know, we'll be, we'll be leaving in about an hour. And we spent many times. <laughs> Many, many lunches over Mr. Gaddy's. So we appreciate Jeff joining us. Alan Bell will join us in studio. We'll get into a lot of NFL stuff with him. We'll come back more of Darren Donick and Chase. On the other side, ESPN 1025, the game. Yarn Croak got in the way. Yarn Croak spins Let's on that go. left board to the blue line. Echo in the shot. He scored. Matias Echo gives the Packers back to me. New power play song, Dirk that, Bentley. That's the actual song, though. 5-1-5-0. But they actually have the Predators version. Yep. That's what people are having to learn. I had to do a little lesson on that in pregame last night. And when I think of 5-1-5-0, I think of... Van Halen fifty one fifty, but it's not fifty one fifty. This is not in your wheelhouse. Five one five zero. Willie, I don't even think Dirks is in your wheelhouse, but I like the Dirks. Hey, I respect the you know all of his stuff. I I am the first to tell you my library for the country is limited, but yeah, especially okay. I was telling you guys that, that Ken Burns documentary. I've been listening to a lot of country since then. Yeah, it just gives you such a great appreciation. You were motivated it. by it, and you went listen to country. Yeah, really. I'll show you the. Playlist I got okay. if you want. You're you're you seem to be implying I'm full of baloney. Uh, I I don't really. I'll, I'll see show you. you the, I'll show you the playlist. I don't really see you listening to a lot of country. I'll show. I I got it right here. Five one five zero. Oh, sit here. your booty down, here. bro. Max has. We're it. going crazy. That power play, baby. Five one five zero. Oh, Bridgestone going loco. Down, bro. That power play, baby. Please stop. <laughs> that power play, baby. There you go. That that was. Let's just move on from your singing. <laughs> well, you you wanted to play it, so that's fair but, game. But yeah, but like, I, you're the one that had to have Chase. I was, it's the it's the drugs. I, okay, yeah, we'll he's blame that. He, you know, he's feeling good about himself. He's he just got the refill. He's you know, he's, he's a little. You guys, did you get the refill? Yeah, they did. By the way, they did they, they shut you down? No, they didn't shut it down. They went <laughs> they went uh, less. Something in between. That's smart. Yeah, that's good. They brought it down a notch. Brought it down. Probably a, peg. a good thing. Yeah. So that is the new power. Speaking of power play. Ovechkin with two power play goals last night now has 249 career power play goals in the regular season. That puts him fourth all time as he passed Luke Robitaille last night. Can you name the other three in front of him with more regular season power play goals? Hmm. And they actually well, got the puck we, for him too. Before we get into that, I think it's important to note that since he's been in the league, the margin of how many more power play goals he has than his peers is unbelievable. It's astronomical. He's got over 100 more yes. than anybody else who's mm-hmm. been playing 
since since he came like into the league. Who's second? Stamkos, who's a pretty darn yeah. good sniper. Wow. I mean, he is a shooter. But he's 100 behind. He's 100 behind mm. Ovechkin. How would you like to be Carlson? That you just pretty much, you're going to get 20 assists at least. Just dishing it to Ovechkin. Well, and those guys deserve credit. I mean, Peter Laviolette was asked, and Hal Gill had a hilarious answer on the post game about this. In the whole, hey, you know where he's going to be. How can no, how how come nobody can right. stop him? And Hal Gill was like, go over and get inside of his pants, stand inside <laughs> of his hockey shorts, and just or you know go talk to him, go bear hug him. People have done that, but it that's that work. was Peter Laviolette's point. Is the other guys are too good? You, you can't know, do teams that. Have done that, and they, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. He's one of those guys. You you asked Hal the question last night about. You know, are, were there those guys that you played against that once you were on the ice with him that you kind of had a little bit of that, I can't believe I'm sharing the ice with this mm-hmm. person. He brought up Mario Lemieux. And mm-hmm. uh, and Alex Ovechkin is one of those. Whenever they come to town, I find myself just watching him, just just following him as he skates just because he's so smooth and he's got got those skills and everything. And then you saw it again last night. And I couldn't believe that stat that, that was the first time he had scored on Pecorino. He has scored on now 135 NHL goalies. You know, you know what was unique about last night, though, and as we, you know, how many more times will he come in here? He, he's not slowing down. And that you guys sort of hit on this. He's he's 13th all time in just goals. Mm-hmm. Put aside power play goals, 661. But he's he's still scoring like 40. 40. He he hasn't hit a down slope in his career. So you wonder how close he'll come but he's led the league in shots on goal 12 out of the 15 seasons he's played last night he had two goals but only two shots on goal yeah usually he just kills you with volume he's just hammering away and he's getting eight nine ten shots every night it was it was interesting last night there was a couple times he fooled Pekka by passing right because you're thinking as soon as he gets the puck he's shooting and he he wasn't it was it was unlike him. T. Mussolini has two hundred and fifty five career power play goals. Power play goals in the so regular I, season. I gotta believe just because So that means he's six behind him. Gretzky Lemieux. So bye bye. Brad Hall, two sixty five. Yes. Bye bye. That's gonna go bye bye. Dave Anderchuk, two seventy four. Dave Anderchuk. About wow. that. Just played forever, just a classic seventy four. Net front guy, big body. So Ovechkin will blow away that. And so Gretzky and Lemieux the are not leader. No. in power play goals? Nope. Hmm. He passed Luke Robitaille last night. So, yeah, they are not even. They were not in the top five. And he's wow. at, for career goals, 661. I think he hit 700 this year, considering he scores 50 just about every Got a year. Shot. And if you look, remember scoring was up last year. Six goals per game. Mm-hmm. First time it had hit that level in a long, long time. And look at some of the scores around. The, the 6-5 was... Somewhat unique, but there's a lot of teams that are putting up five, six. There's been some wacky games. So this could be a year where more guys get to 40, more guys get to 50. Last night was just one of those games. Like you have, When Ovechkin comes down, you have to go. You have to go you see to go. Him. Yeah. You have to see somebody who's a first ballot Hall of Famer, okay? And he's going to be, and he's going to set all kinds of records when it's all said and done, as we just talked about. I mean, he's... He's just an amazing guy to watch, and you think about his career. I mean, he he basically came in like a bull in a china shop and, and has played that way his whole career, right? He really yep. hasn't changed much. I mean, he used to bulldoze people yeah. and just 
getting in fights. I mean, you know, he's he bulldozed a guy last night. I know, but he hasn't really changed his style. I mean, he is exactly basically the same way he broke into the league. And you would think a guy who scores fifty goals a year would lessen some of that stuff. Nope, not him. I love another guy that's worth pointing out. He played in his nine hundredth game last night. So he's been alongside of Ovechkin for a long time. Is Nick Backstrom? He's another yeah. guy that's you know he's yeah. he's probably not nearly unless you're a hockey fan. A guy, the casual fan may not even know about Nick Backstrom, right? But he's the guy feeding Ovechkin time and time again for all those years. What a player! He's he's uh, in the top ten of all time Swedish players and closing in on Peter Forsberg. So by the time Backstrom's done playing, he's going to get pretty high on that list been a lot of great Swedes through the years yeah they seem to be pretty good at hockey they're pretty good pretty good at hockey <laughs> you think mm-hmm. so I'll tell you this and we'll talk about it on the other side to close out the first hour remember when we did the sizzling takes Adam Vingen the athletic oh yeah I'm starting to think that a lot of those things he put out there are really are going to happen and we'll discuss it <laughs> And I know it's four games, but, man, does the picture look a little bit more clear on a couple of those categories. We'll do that on the other side to close that hour. Number one of Darren Donick and Chase, ESPN 102.5, the game. You know what I'm going to do here? This is going to get some people in the building excited. Uh, and please all don't con- start singing. And don't all start consultants singing. in radio, I'm going to do a tease. Because <laughs> when you do a tease, you're really good at this. We're very excited on this show. Thursdays are going to be a lot of fun. Uh huh. And that's all I can really say about it. Now we're not ready to unveil some really cool Thursday news that's coming on the show. Hopefully that'll be done at the beginning of the week next week. But we're kind of still need to get some paperwork signed and all that good stuff. Signed, sealed, delivered. But see, that was a radio tease that something really cool is about to happen every Thursday on this show. Can we say what sport? Um, can we? Yeah, we can do that. It, it involves, involves let's skating. Let's do that hockey. It involves ice and blades, and it is not Chance the Rapper. <laughs> Have you seen Sticks? his thing? Yes. You know that now they brought did you him see back. He did it with PK. Yeah, yeah, yeah he he's doing it. it. I, it doesn't it, to me. It doesn't quite work as well as it did in the just in the environment of Saturday the, Night Live. You can't match that. Right? That was just one the, of those bits Well, nice that, segue because he asked about the Norris Trophy and goes, I, well, who, what is that? Nobody even knows yeah. what that is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's good. It's just hard to do it on the spot here. You know, yeah. where, where it's planned. It's thought out. It's, so, there's still some good lines. Segue. Though. I mean, man, you're talking about making consultants happy. I mean, I've I mean, done a tease, a segue. Wow. Like, this is not our first rodeo. I think, I think I've got a future in this. I think I can stick around for a while. Roman Yossi is a finalist for the Norris Trophy. This was one of the sizzling takes, or not so sizzling, Adam Vingen from The Athletic, and I get it. Once again, I'll be at four games. There's 78 more to go. I understand. But that certainly looks like that is, if Roman Yossi keeps playing like this, that is absolutely going to be in the cards, right? He is going to be a Norris Trophy finalist. Uh, the way he's it, as much right as now. you can be after four <laughs> games, no doubt. Right? Well, he's just moving. He's just moving, doing incredible things. The the laps that he takes around the goal, it's like a, it's like uh, Bristol. I, he, I mean, he attacks down the wing and he swoops behind the net. Nice racing reference. He'll cut. Well, well, that's what he does, though. Yeah. He he 
Oh, I, the banquet's I'll, coming here in I'll December. See, I see what you're doing. I want to see a game where he takes three laps around the other team's net. You I think he can do it. You know who's really jealous of Roman Yossi? I mean, really jealous. I don't even think he's in denial. He'll admit it. How? Yeah, Hal's really <laughs> jealous of Roman. Like, Skillsy gets really jealous of what Roman can do on the ice. It's just and and, and it's like like Hal's like man, I played 15 years and it's just not fair that you can do all that stuff. I've but, always but, I've always felt, in all honesty, that Roman Yossi is underrated. Like I think the league still kind of gets it, but I don't think they really get it. Nah, like they still going, hype up going the to this they year. still hype up the other guys who are in that class more. He's going to force them though this year. I, he's going to have one right. of those years. I, I would. I hope so. Well, and just, I think if the Predators he just have, had his tenth career two goal game on Tuesday night, his offensive numbers because that's really what gets yeah. a lot of attention. Like I, you know, I don't need to go into my Eric Carlson, Carlson soapbox because of offense. I just you know a lot of these guys get rewarded for their offensive stats yes, and burns. It, I I just don't think. Uh, listen, I'm biased. I would be the first to admit it, but I would take Yossi over. I. Of Burns course. and Carlson. And those guys are awesome. Those guys are tremendous players. I, I think what's got to happen, though, is and un- it's unfortunate, but I think it's what has to happen. The Preds have to they have to have a good year. I well, mean, they, they have a good to have year a good has year. to be probably – I know they make the votes and stuff before the playoffs, but they got to be one of the best teams in the league. And then, But they, they have been. But here's what's different this year, right? For the first time, Roman Yossi is the biggest star on the blue line, undisputed. Yes. Right. Ryan Ellis and Matias Ekholm are great players, but Roman Yossi has the best name recognition. Whereas up to this point, there's always been Shea Weber or PK Subban. Yeah, that's and true. those guys have been sort of bigger stars in terms of just perception and name recognition, notoriety. And Yossi's always it's almost been like they took votes in their away. Shot. Like PK oh, there's took no votes doubt. from there's no from doubt Yossi. they've they have split yeah. you know the spotlight both of those guys for a long time. So that's that's why I think it's. The, the environment is much better for him to – because it, it is a popularity contest to some degree, It is, right? but, yeah. the, but most of them are. It's like are. the Heisman, in sports, right? It's, in it's, all sports. Look, there's a thing. It's not just the numbers. It's the whole thing. Baseball, football, it's, it's, all, it's always been a popularity in all sports. It's not just hockey. Now, the real reason I brought it up, because I, I do believe that, what I just – but the real category, the sizzling take, they'd only had two flames. But I – Either Philip Forsberg or Victor Arvidsson is going to become the first 40-goal scorer in team history. Now, we know the Predators are the lone team in the league that has never had a 40-goal scorer. And it's nothing against Victor Arvidsson, but I really believe that like the Forsberg thing is real. I mean, if he plays yeah. the entire season, and hopefully there's no you know injuries of anything, or at least you know if he misses a game or two, that's one thing, but no sustained yeah. injury 75 if or he more plays games, right? right there you go there's the that's what i was gonna say 75 or more games it's real i mean especially the way you see them playing in the first i mean he's like i said four goals in four games it's never been done in predators history the last guy to do it to start off a season was steve sullivan three games i if he plays 75 or more games I, I think Philip Forsberg's going to have 40 goals this year. Especially I, if he and Duchesne can keep up this chemistry that they have right now. By the way, did you guys like the uh, the Philip Forsberg fadeaway jump the, what shot? What was that all about? <laughs> so, well, yeah. i got to ask him about yeah, that. Yeah, what's the story behind that? I, I have no idea. Was, was Did he call bank or was that just a swoosh? I, I'm going to ask him. It? Have you been out hooping a little yeah. bit lately? 
There's usually not too much crossover. I, I don't think I've ever seen him do that. Has he done that before? I haven't seen it. I haven't either. I was surprised by that. That was good. That was and good. And he even had the smile like, hey. I think yeah. it was nothing but net. The way he smiled. Nothing <laughs> but net. Yeah. How how made a good point on the postgame show, too. Whether you – 40 goals is definitely a marker that's never been done. But beyond that, too, he has said that this team has had very good team offense, but they have never had a guy that just rolls up those huge fantasy league points, right? They, the highest points per game is, what, 82? Paul Correa, I think, had a point per game. But nobody's gotten to 90. Nobody's got to 100. And in this environment in the NHL, you can – you can get 100 now. What, what what did we say the list was last year? We had the contest. Six. That was where we had the funny mm-hmm. guy butchering the names. But there were six guys. That hit 100. Predators yeah. have never had a guy sniff 100. Right. But this team, maybe. Well, Deshane maybe. is on pace for 164. <laughs> okay. I mean, is that too much? We, yeah. I'm going to put is you on the list. Soon? You don't do that. What? He's on pace okay. for 164. I, it. It, it's, it's a not fact. Issue. It's, not <laughs> it's a fact. It's not right. even an opinion. It's a fact. So you're saying four games in, don't put, don't do the. He's I on d- pace for. Is that what you're saying? What we did it all last year. Victor Harvest. Oh, he's on. He was on guy, gosh, it, if he had played 82 games, it, and I got, he would have had 96 goals. We did that all last year, right? Yeah, but that's that's what make it smart. Oh my gosh, if Victor Harvest <laughs> did miss those games. You're, you're going on the he list. He would have had 70 <laughs> goals. Both of you guys are on the list, and all the people that did that. What did they, I do? This, well, there's always a guy on April 2nd, too, going, so-and-so hit two home runs. He's on pace for 178 home runs, or whatever it is. Come on. He is on pace for 164 points. Are you not a believer? Be a believer. Gosh. It's not even silly underdog day. Be a believer, Willie. I was trying to make a good point about how, and, you know, don't Give his a ego a little bit of a boost, and you guys could go with the ego, whole math. How, how's you know, ego guy, does not need a boost? Yeah, like his skills he needs. <laughs> skills he needs to pump me up. I yeah. think he's good. Yeah. Things I think of how. He could use a boost. No. Yeah. Come on. But now we'll see if they can translate this kind of attack on the road, right? It's harder yeah. on the I, road. That's a very good point yeah. because they, they've, they've started the year at home. They've looked good at home. Yeah. But now can they take it on the road with them? Because they've been a good road team you know, in the past, so – can, they got to put it put it all together on both. You Anybody know, believe the forty goals happening? This year? Uh, yes. I, I think it's, yes. if, like you said. If they, I think it's going to happen. If they both play seventy five or more, I think there's a really good chance one of them will hit. Well, I think I, I would lean toward Forsberg. But uh, just you know, because I think there's a chance. Harvest on the power play now. Who, yeah. yeah, you know he's done almost everything. He's done has been at even strength, and now all of a sudden he's. He's in prime spots on the power play. That could that could change. I guess I'm just the way I've looked at that line through four games. Like every time they're on the ice, you feel like something big is about to happen. Yeah, and and you know everybody's going to have hot and cold streaks, but of that course. does look that does look really good. It looks like they have just hit on something that is that is going to be a weapon for a while. It, like for, here's another good sign. Washington came in in their first four games. They had allowed only twenty five and a half shots per game. Best in the in the league, and the Predators peppered them. They had thirty eight shots, five on five. The Predators were the much more effective team, putting pressure on. You now the special teams favored the Capitals. That's how they sort of stayed in the game. But harder to do it on the road. But that's still encouraging. Hey, they've scored nineteen goals in four games. You know what they're on pace for to score this year? No, don't even. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Jeez, I just want to. You're watch already you. on the list. That's so mad. You're already on the list. You can't it's get off so the list. Squirmish. You might as well say it. 
I'm Coach, on the, apparently Lowe. I'm on the list just by association. Surprised <laughs> you haven't blown the whistle yet. <laughs> Chase is over there. I didn't do that. I didn't, I didn't do anything. I didn't do the math on that. We'll come back. Alan Bell. We'll talk some NFL with him to kick off the second hour of Darren Donick and Chase next.